Kia ora, welcome to the Invisible Sensei podcast. And for today's podcast, I thought I would talk about something which is near and dear to all our hearts, and we all have experience with if we've been in the martial arts for a while, irrespective of style, of preference, affiliation or lack of affiliation, lineage, all those things which we place such a, a great deal of stock in. What I want to talk about is the reality show, soap opera, action movie, comedy drama that is the martial arts community. Kia ora, welcome to the Invisible Sensei podcast. Karate, kubudo, judo, jiu-jitsu, whatever the style of preference, we all have our own stories and experiences. We are all our own Invisible Sensei. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. And again, thanks for taking time to listen. Over the last wee while, I've been watching quite a bit of YouTube, as is my, as is my style. And, you know, the various social media platforms and movies and documentaries and all those sorts of things. And it's always a shock when you realise the depth of drama that our community creates. And, you know, we are all very good at talking about and famous for as martial artists. The idea that our training in some way, shape or form helps to free ourselves, ideally from the notion of ego or from violence or emotional violence and all that sort of negative behavior that humans are so, so good at. In some ways, I think that our community actually personifies the worst traits of human nature. And I think it's easier to get into this place of thinking, well, you know, we do martial arts and, you know, it's all about understanding the self and honesty, integrity. You know, those words are bandied about. But to be honest, I had a teacher many years ago who was a healer. And this wasn't in martial arts. This was uh, uh, what we call a tohunga in my culture or someone... Um, I suppose it's a sensei of, of a type. Anyway, he was a he was a healer, and we went to this particular place to this gathering of healers and educationalists and all this sort of thing. And he got up and he said, "You know, I came here looking for healers, and all I found was people that were in need of it." And I think that applies to our martial arts community. You know, we have so many character types, and of course, they are tropes. We've got the hyper, you know, let's beat everyone up as fast and as hard as we can. Let's do push-ups until we pass blood in our urine. We've got the hyper spiritual martial artists that will, you know, no-touch knockout guys. We've got the MMA people. We've got the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu people. We've got the so-called traditional karate practitioners and we've got these so-called freestyle martial arts practitioners kung fu wushu performance art martial arts and everything in between um and for me i have come to a place where i actually don't want any more of that bullshit in my life and it is very easy to become influenced by these things because they are so prevalent in our community. The whole idea that 
in some way, shape or form, we need to bag other people for what it is they do, their style of preference, the way they approach a given style, or maybe they're not the same lineage as you, or, you know, so on and so forth, you know. And you see so many examples of really shitty bad behaviour that is not representing our community in a way that I hope, for me, I would like to be represented. Now, I'm saying this being guilty of a lot of those things myself. If you'd known me in my teenage years, in my 20s and even my 30s, you know, there are things which I, like everybody, would like to go back and change, but I can't. I can't be who I was back then. I can only be who I am now. And who I am now looks at that person in my teens, my 20s and my 30s and cringes. But it's just natural, I guess. Some of the attitudes that I had, it's kind of like you go through these different sort of phases, I suppose. As a kid, I was super gung-ho, super spirit of us. Let's spar until our eyeballs pop out. And, you know... <laughs> I was, if you if you said to me that you'd done some martial arts, I was like, let's spar. That was always my go-to. Was I good at sparring? I suppose I was good at sparring, but I, there was always a not an evil intent, but certainly a intent that was the product of an insecure, low self-esteem having young man who didn't really know who he was. And I don't think that martial arts is the cure-all for those sort of things that people think. A lot of my learnings have come while I'm doing martial arts. Of course, yes, I've had some wonderful sensei answers. I'm sure you have instructors, sensei, coaches, sifu, whatever. But I think it's important to bring what we learn outside our common sense, our critical analysis into the way that we do martial arts. We see a lot of people, there's a lot of huge personalities within the martial arts. And doing podcasts and doing stuff which is a little more, what's the word? You're being seen, you're presenting stuff in a public forum, just like this podcast. There's lots of different styles of podcast even then. You've got these wonderfully super hyper-produced martial arts podcasts and YouTube channels which are just amazing you know the production quality is incredible the editing is amazing and the people who present these different things you know it's all it's all that sort of stuff like secret techniques the 17 secret techniques of Sayunchen Kata or it's wood Gojuru beat Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu which is better um all those kind of things and and to me I suppose it's the stage of life that I'm at that sort of stuff kind of wears a little bit thin I'm looking for something with a little more substance less kind of popcorn and less kind of clickbait something that I saw a wee while ago and kind of had checked out a couple of times is this podcast called McDojo Life and the gentleman who takes that you know is looking at all the different martial artists from well well, not all the different martial artists but different martial artists and exposing people that he feels are doing things which i mean as an example they've got people who are convicted pedophiles who are still running dojo in schools or it can be people faking their their claims to fame 
in terms of being a martial artist. Maybe it's something like teaching the kind of self-defense drills that, to be honest, will get someone killed. And I think all that stuff was really valid. And I watch it and I think, oh my gosh. I also am aware that there are people out there putting stuff out which is, for want of a better word, I am going to swear here and I do apologise, horseshit. And I don't say that from a place of that everything I do is 100% fantastic and combat orientated, but I think that it is dangerous in the sense that it can lead people into a false sense of security about what they do. People do martial arts for lots of different reasons. And for a long time I kind of wandered around and my whole focus was how, how, how do I use this in a combat situation? How do I make this work? It has to be practical and it has to be something that I can do and when I do it I need to be able to take people apart and so on and so forth. And I applied that mentality to everything I saw. And I've said this a number of times if you've listened to this podcast before. Not everyone does martial arts for the same reason that I do, but I think there are some universal truths in martial arts. I think one as a student, it's your duty to train as hard as you can, to do your best to try and internalize practice and do these martial arts justice. I also think it's really important for you to know when you are not being treated with respect when you are in an unsafe environment and I'm not talking about the training's too hard the training's always too hard you've got to stick with it but also I think that if you're in a position where you're being put down or put in unsafe positions it's really important to know the difference or if you have the kind of sensei or instructor that just is a terrible example of a human it's really important to know, you know, I don't have to put up with that. I don't need to make those attitudes my own. And I think, you know, talking about our community, that's what happens. We spend our time and energy and we find this wonderful community and a sense of belonging. And, and I guess, for want of a better word, a family. And in order to fit with that family, you can sometimes, I know that I've been certainly guilty of it, you can make the perceived enemy of the people that or the group that you're in your own and I think it's really important to use common sense if if I have an instructor who expects me as a Gojuru practitioner to not like the Taekwondo guys down the road or to not like that affiliation or that this affiliation or that style or that instructor without allowing me to form my own opinion and use my brain in it then that's probably not a good thing if I have an instructor who insists on this ridiculous level of loyalty and how you measure that as I've got to dislike the people that he or she dislikes then I don't think it's a healthy environment I also think that there's too many of those sort of people in the martial arts community I note that there's a prominent MMA fighter who has recently split with his coach and uh, the fighter is Diego Sanchez who was a legendary journeyman MMA fighter in the UFC. And his coach, whose name I'm not going to mention, they recently split. Now, I watched 
some of the videos. I'm I'm not a huge. I do watch. I was a UFC fan, and I do love MMA and everything associated with it. But I'm just interested in other things. I was a big fan for many years, but I've just kind of moved on from that. Um, no judgments on that. Just looking at other things. But Diego Sanchez's coach was one of those guys who just proliferates all the terrible tropes about martial arts you know energy manipulation no touch knockouts and all these things and you're sort of going oh my god how many times do we have to look at this stuff and try and choke it down and in some way shape or form try and give credence to it when what these people don't realize who put these things out is that we all get judged by that we all get judged people don't know the difference between karate and Taekwondo or Shotokan, Wichiru, Wado, whatever, Shitoru, they don't know the difference. They see people in white pajamas kicking and punching and doing whatever. They don't know the difference between Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and Japanese Jiu Jitsu. They don't know the difference between Aiki Jiu Jitsu and Aikido. The general public are not that concerned. But what they do do is when they see charlatans like that guy, who's a perfect example of some of the shallow aspects of our community, they judge us all by that. Back in the day, martial arts used to be this kind of esoteric, mysterious kind of thing, I want to say. There was this thing that had this air of mystery and was this ancient heart and all of those kind of, I guess, stereotypes. And it was, it was feared, it was respected. I don't know if the fear is a good thing, but it was respected. Now, cut to 30 years later, 40 years later, we've got all these guys who are starting up their own dojo and creating their own styles and and it's more evident than ever because they have the mediums of social media to put the stuff out what happens is we all get judged by that yardstick people don't know the difference between what we do a good side of the community that i've really enjoyed has been i was very lucky to go to a gashuku a couple of weeks ago in which there was a Gojuru, a New Zealand Gojuru, Karate Do Gashuku. But in this, within this Gashuku, there was practitioners. I mean, there would have been an easy 400 years worth of, in the senior Yunatra alone, um, there would have been an easy 400 years of experience and training. And they had as part of it, they had people from Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, I believe his name was uh, Professor Better, amazing, amazing practitioner. And people were able to round robin with different sensei and experience these different things. And it was just fantastic to watch. It was amazing to watch people who are at a certain stage in their training as older senior practitioners, being able to share their accumulated knowledge that's come at a cost, at a mental, physical and spiritual cost. Um, I mean that in terms of, you know, going out and, and travelling and going to Gashuku and getting bruises and bad knees and bad backs and all these sort of things, but now having an opportunity to impart their wisdom, their knowledge on the younger generation, on the people coming up. What was also cool too was having Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu there and this particular practitioner and his senior student were fantastic because what they did was rather than come in and try and teach Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to people who had never done any Nawaza for the most part, they went, right, how can we do something which is relevant and interesting 
and not too much of a leap for these karate practitioners and it was absolutely fantastic and there was such a wonderful spirit of cooperation and people really being there for the right reasons and it was cool to see that's what's wonderful about our community when we get into situations where we really really communicate talk have fun and have a few laughs um, it can be something which is so unifying and it can be something which creates connections that last a lifetime i have many wonderful friends that i have met through the martial arts during this pandemic during the lockdown i have made people that i know are going to be lifelong friends that i have never physically met and i think that's what martial arts comes back to for me you choose to walk your path the way in which you choose to walk the path but you can choose how you react we can't change the, the style we do or other practitioners but we can change the way that we look at it the way that we present it and the way that we present ourselves I think that we have had an opportunity during this pandemic to get into a level of communication that let's be honest we've never had I've trained with people via Zoom and online that I never thought I would ever have the pleasure or honour of training with. I've had an opportunity to be on podcasts and do seminars and meet some wonderful people and cement some incredible relationships. Now that is the upside of our community. What kind of community are you creating? And it's that thing of we can't change the world but we can change how we respond to the world we live in and we can also change how we choose to incorporate others into that world what is it that we're putting across sometimes we have these instructors that i said at the beginning you know who are there really to teach us what not to do how many people do you know that are wonderful fighters incredible martial artists but are not really humans not really approachable normal tangible humans that all the time they're around they always have to be in sensei mode how many people do you know that can't talk about anything else other than the martial art that they do and it's scary because they have this weird belief that what they do is who they are for me in my training and what i'm trying to create in terms of the people that i surround myself with is a community of people who have like minds not necessarily think the same way they have, may have different takes and different opinions but that's healthy that's how we grow we don't grow when we surround ourselves with yes people we don't grow when we surround ourselves with people who do not challenge us we have people who sort of nod their head and create these kind of a weird sycophantic kind of relationships it's time that we took control of our community it's time we reached out to people in this wonderful crazy world of you know multimedia social media platform communication to use this platform to actually talk to each other and create meaningful relationships that last longer than a seminar I am really looking forward to as we move towards a time where we can move back to being able to travel and train to be able to do it in a way which is meaningful. Our community is so important. Our community and what we do is so relevant because it's about understanding the self. It's about self-sufficiency to a certain degree, but it's also about working towards unity with other people 
And no, it's not a lofty goal. I think, as I've said in other podcasts, if more people did martial arts, there'd be less conflict in the world. But a lot of the conflict we see in martial arts are caused by the very people who make these proclamations. So here's the question. In our community, all things being equal, we all join hands, sing kumbaya, and you know, walk into the rainbow at the sunset and all these sort of things. Ask yourself this one question. Are you part of the solution? Or are you being part of the problem? I know which one I'd like to be.